And we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. And hello, hello. It feels good to be back here uh, for our season three of Hot This Week. Feels crazy to say that we're already here in season three. Uh, it's it, it's it feels like a long time. Also feels like a short time. I mean, what do you what do you thinking, Brandon? How are you feeling, man? Like it's it's new beginnings, even though there's not a ton of new things here. Like with like how we're gonna go about things, maybe different mm-hmm. days or uh, different topics we we may be talking about, but not a lot. As uh, we're gonna stick to our <laughs> roots, and mm-hmm. we're excited to just get this next installment out and. Uh, cover what is hot this week. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Yeah, a- this break was really good for us just to like kind of put into perspective perspective what we want this to be and how we can. Yeah, I agree, and and I really I really like how you said uh, that it was a well wasn't much of a different structure for us. Like we didn't change much, um, but there was a lot that happened within the two weeks. Like. Mm-hmm. So much that happened. So although our structure didn't change, um, we did have a lot of changes in, in society. And not only in music, but in movies and sports. So, you know, that's that's going to be a great kickoff to season three. We have a lot to talk about. And then it's only going to get better and better from here as we have more releases on music and movies, uh, crazier sports matchups, and then the big finale, as you guys know, if you've done the math yet, maybe you haven't, maybe you have, is Spider-Man, um, which is like all anyone can talk about right now, ourselves included. So our <laughs> last episode will be our review on Spider-Man. Um, we're going get, to get that out to you guys, uh, which is going to be important, you know, because that's, we're, we're going to cover that today, don't worry, but it's going to be important. So, um. But yeah, happy to hear it. Yeah, I agree with you, Brandon. Like, it was good to kind of put things into perspective and just like focus on school. But it, it felt weird not recording. You know, it just feels right to record. Um, so, you know, if you guys did not see our post, we are now going to be releasing our podcasts on Wednesday and Friday. So, Wednesday is going to be pop culture, Friday is going to be sports, um, and everything is going to be. Pretty set in stone from there. I they those days might change maybe once or twice throughout season three, but um, as for now, like it's pretty set in stone that that's what we're gonna do. Um, and I'm I'm excited. That that's really the biggest change, as well as we used to get into sports on you know the opposite episodes. So like if you know, Brandon does sports um, on Fridays now, I, I would do pop culture for like five minutes, but now we're just like okay, let's just focus on one thing. And just save, go all out uh, for every episode, which I think is like a great idea. So, you know, we, we have that explained on an Instagram post. If you missed it, no worries. We got you covered. Um, but that's what we got as far as new structure goes. But let's get on into the episode. Why don't we? Uh, lots to talk about. Season three. We're here. It's lit. Really good topics. Very excited. Uh, Going to be our best season yet leading up to the holidays um so what's our first topic well first and foremost um i just wanted to get into movies real quick because that's kind of what's going to really shape our november so good news and i just found this out maybe 
uh, I don't know, maybe four hours ago, that I won an early screening of House of Gucci. Oh, okay. Yes. So, and and, and early screening, not early by like a couple days, which is still very nice, but this one's early by a week and a day. So very early. This is like pretty big. So you guys are going to be getting an extra early review of Houses Gucci. I'm watching that on Thursday the 18th. The time of this recording is currently Tuesday the 16th. So you guys are... Oh, yeah, Tuesday the 16th. So you guys will be getting that on next Tuesday's episode. So what did I watch so far in November? Well, first let's go through the list and I'll tell you what we watched. Uh, there's Tick, Tick, Boom. It's a musical with Andrew Garfield directed by Lin-Manuel who did Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. And then we have Spencer uh, with Christian Stewart. Sorry, Christian Stewart. I watched that incredible film. We'll get to that in a second. And then this weekend, which is also going to be on next Tuesday's episode just a week, we got Ghostbusters Afterlife as well as King Richard. Um, so Gus, the Ghostbusters film needs no introduction. The King Richard film is uh, Will Smith is the star in it. And he is the father of Venus and Serena Williams, kind of their upbringing in the yeah. tennis game. And then we will, we will, we will be talking about this. Don't worry. But Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, Licorice Pizza, uh, the the press and the critics released their reviews today, and it's at a one hundred. I mean, I, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but this excites me. It's at a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes after the critics review. So, wow, big things. Yeah, big things to expect from Licorice Pizza. You also got "Come On, Come On" with Joaquin Phoenix, his first perform, his uh, first performance back, or lead performance that is, uh, since Joker. It's an A twenty four film. Don't know much about it, which is good. I don't really want to know much about it. So, um, but I just know it's an A twenty four movie, and I love A twenty four. And then you got "The Power of the Dog," which is coming out on Netflix pretty soon, um, uh, along with "Tick Tick Boom." They're both coming out on Netflix, and then "Belfast," which was directed by Kenneth Brogdon, uh, who was the villain in Tenet. Okay, so. Those are November releases. What have I seen so far? I watched Spencer and Belfast during the break. Um, both two incredible films. Two films that I could honestly see getting the Oscar. Um, so Spencer, if you guys didn't know, is the biopic of Princess Diana. And this one's interesting. Um, for, first and foremost, before I even get into it, I just want to say Christian Stewart might have the performance of the year with wow. this film. And it's tough because Jessica Chastain's Tammy Faye is like on another level, but Christian Stewart Spencer is like, it It was done so, you could just tell she really cared about the role. She has a great, great concern for how this role is played. Princess Diana. And I love Spencer. And I love Spencer because most Princess Diana films are about her car crash and um, her faults in life and kind of the negative side of like what the media portrayed. With this film, it was all seen from Spencer or... Princess Diana's point of excuse me, Princess Diana's point of view, um, and it was her. It's a weekend, a Christmas weekend. It's it's the film is over three days, and it's Christmas weekend uh, from her point of view, and she is struggling. You know, she was bulimic, so she was forcing herself to throw up. And she's having a lot of anxieties. She's seeing a lot of uh, ghosts, figuratively, of course, with. Uh, uh, princesses from the past so she's scared she's struggling and it's just told over three days it's not told over a long time um, really good film It's the shots are long that's how I like it the story is slow that's how I like it 
really powerful ending. Um, I love the movie. Great performance. Spencer is a must-watch for anyone who loves film and for anyone who wants to appreciate the art of cinema. And speaking of cinema, Belfast is an incredible movie. Now, I know that this was the Oscar runner-up as far as I'm concerned. There's a couple talks about the new Passing movie, which was directed by uh, Rebecca Hall, which we'll get a review of. Um, Hoping to get that out within the next two weeks. Uh, I just got to clear up my schedule. Um, It's going to be hard to add another movie in there, but Passing, that is coming. Just know that, guys. But I know Passing and Belfast were kind of the two Oscar films right now, and Belfast is a great film. So it's about uh, the the war between the Protestants and the Catholics, which happened in the 1940s, I believe, 1940s, um, in Belfast, Ireland. And it's a great film. It's a really beautiful film. It follows a, a young boy whose name is Buddy. Um, it's actually got the dad or the dad of Buddy is uh, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. He, oh. gives, a, he gives a pretty good. <laughs> It is just funny to see, but he was good. He gave a great performance, really good performance, actually. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a cute little story. Kind of reminds me of, like, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas and Minari. Kind of reminds me of those two films combined. It's, like, um, bittersweet. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet. A lot more sweet than The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Like, Belfast has a way, way sweeter ending, but it, it was powerful, man. It hit hard. It was... It was emotional. A lot of people in the theater were tearing up. And it was a lot of old people, too, in the theater, I guess, because they were alive when this happened. So it kind of impacted them differently. But, yeah, Belfast, man. Great film. Definitely a must-watch. A lot faster pace uh, than uh, Spencer. But uh, both films are incredible. And I watched those during our little gap of uh, this week. Um, I give Belfast an A-, minus, and Spencer an A. Love nice. both films. Check them out, please. Belfast especially. Deserve your attention. I think Spencer is marketed maybe a little bit older than Belfast, but both films deserve your attention. I, I want to see more pe- more youth watch Belfast, which probably won't happen, but that's my goal here on Hot This Week. Um, so, yeah. So, there, there, there's a little film updates for you guys, and you guys know I'm the film guy. There's film updates. And House of Gucci, this Thursday, Ghostbusters, going to try and watch that Friday, and then King Richard, going to try and watch that Saturday uh, or Monday before we record on Tuesday. Um, but more than likely I will be watching that Saturday because I want to get that. I want to watch that as soon as possible. Um, okay, cool. So there's films for you guys. We'll be returning to that in just a second, but we have something big to talk about now. Um, and we're not going to, before we even talk about it, I just want to let you guys know, we're not going to give you guys our opinions on it. We just want to stay, you know, neutral. You guys know we don't get political. We don't. We don't. We give you our opinions because that's what a podcast is, but not, not with certain subjects. And then this is just one of them, and it's the Astral World incident. So first and foremost, we want to send our condolences to the. I think it's nine people now that passed yep. away. Yeah, nine people um, that passed away. Our our deepest condolences to those families that are grieving right now, as well as those who have suffered injuries and um, trauma from the event. But. You know, we're not here to tell you what happened. You know very well what happened. Everyone knows. What we're here to discuss is where we think concert security and how concert venues are going to run themselves. Uh, where does that go from here? Do we? Do they care? Do they not care? Are they going to change up a few things? So I, you know, I've been talking a lot. I want to give you guys a nice, fresh voice, someone who's very, very excited for season three as well. So I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to start this off with Brandon here. He's going to give you his opinion because um, I'm sure we, we share a similar opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give my voice a break here. But, Brandon, like, not you know, thoughts on where you think concert security and concert venues, where, where are they going from here, Brandon? What do you think? Well, first off, um, I, I want to say it myself. I want to uh, mm-hmm. uh, send my prayers and, my, and condolences to those who were affected by this tragedy. Very sad to see, um, but this might be very harsh words and a very harsh comparison, but this might be the 9-11 of mosh pit concerts, if that makes sense, as far as like um, concert venues in the way they like what you were saying with security yeah. and everything. I think it's the 9-11 and think about what I'm saying here. Like, don't think about horrible. I'm not c- comparing it to a terrorist right. event. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the aftermath. Yeah. What I'll happened after 9-11? <clears throat> as soon as after 9-11 happened, TSA was brought about. Like, right. There was TSA a little bit before, but it got a lot more enforced after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And security has never been the same. Uh, like, yeah, it, yeah. It airplane security cha- is intense. Airport yeah, security. and they and they changed everything after nine yeah. eleven. And I think this is going to bring about change. And I just think, um, there just needs to be uh, more thought into designing a concert. And I think what the issue is, it's something my dad always says. Like he always says it about Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. Like he always says, you got to be careful because people are just like so eager to get out and uh, during Memorial Day weekend. And usually there's really terrible accidents during that weekend because people are acting so excited. They don't know how to act. No. And I think that's true. And I think that was kind of the case with this, like series and everything with what happened. But at the end of the day, we were cooped up inside for a year, pretty much. More than that, honestly. Yeah. For yeah. some people more, some people less, you know? Yeah. But uh, that, yeah, that's not what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make. But right. the point is, like, we were all cooped up for a little bit. And when you get cooped up like that, like, you, when you get outside, you kind of go out of your mind. And you're like, you kind of don't care. Like, you just rush things and you're just excited to get back to normal or back to freedom, mm-hmm. you know? And... I feel like that's definitely a factor that happened with this tragedy. Uh, there was definitely other factors, but I think it was the fault just goes to like just the design and everything. And I just think like this, this is a tragedy and it's very sad of what happened, but we learned from our mistakes. And I think just the music industry needs to learn from this and it's sad that it had to come to lives you know but um that's what i think i think it's just going to bring about change and it's going to make the music industry i mean i don't know because i i concerts but i don't know what changes need to be made you know sure but uh people who do host these events all these artists they could start having these conversations and talking about better ways to go about things but yeah yeah what do you you think tommy 
thank you for leading leading this segment. I appreciate it a lot, and I uh, I kind of knew that we were going to agree, which is why I wanted you to lead it because I agree one hundred percent. Like I think, I, I think concerts, concert venues. I'll say this: I think they want to change, and I agree. How, do they know how to change? So here's here here is what I'm thinking. If you're a concert venue, you you need to hire way more security. Um, and you need to enforce the the rule that if you don't have a ticket, you're not getting in. Period. If you do not have a ticket, you are not getting in the venue. Like you have to have a ticket to get in, um, because these venues are designed to have a certain amount of people in them, and they can monitor that with tickets. Okay, well, this building can hold four thousand people. Let's sell thirty five hundred tickets. That way, it's not super cram packed, you know. And it's like if there's a fire, you know, everything will be fine. Like these these venues are, you know, they do that. Um, with Astro World, I think I think an extra in this estimate, I I don't know. You know, Brandon's dad made a good point. We need someone who can just like sit in and look up facts for us on the episodes, but. I think five thousand tickets were sold for Astro World, like close to five thousand, and then an extra. Do we? Do you know the total number of people that were at the festival? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not gonna guess by no guess the numbers, but let's just say it was a lot because we saw the footage that there was definitely people who broke in to the uh, facility, or not even the facility, like just where it was because it was on a field pretty much oh my goodness okay so i just looked it up Fifty thousand people were at astroworld okay geez louise okay so let me i guess we'll say that they sold thirty thousand tickets which yeah. is pretty which is a good size it's enough to where things are going to get out of control but they're not you know they shouldn't get deadly so that means we have twenty thousand people that snuck in to the venue that wow I, I think that's what really where these deaths come from is the people that snuck in because, it, you know, if you know, venues, they're designed and they know what they're doing, you know, because this doesn't happen extremely. It's very rare thing that happens. It's a horrible thing, but it's very rare. You know, they were like, OK, we're going to sell 30,000 tickets after 30,000. You're done. They need to really enforce that. And Travis Scott did say, you know, the real ragers, they'll find a way in. And, you know, people snuck in at the 2019 festival. So I understand the implications of, you know, what, or I guess I should say, I understand that there were implications like, okay, Travis, you know, if you're a rager, you're going to find a way in that concert. And let's just say a lot of people were ragers. Um, but, you know, it shouldn't cost a life. It shouldn't cost a life. And something that I never even thought of, Brandon, that I wanted to applaud you for was your, when you were talking about how people were kind of cooped up during COVID and just one. Great point. I mean, we're, we're cooped up for, honestly, a year and a half. Can't really, you know, you got to wear a mask here. Can't go here if you're not vaccinated. You got to, you know, you got to wash your hands here. I mean, it's always important to wash your hands, but you got to double wash your hands before you sit down, after you touch the door, and after you, t- you know, the person gives you your receipt at the menu with the food. Yeah. I mean, you're washing your hands the same amount of time you're eating. Not really, but. It's a bad joke, but seriously, yeah, there's like, just it, not it's... really time there. We've kind of lost time to like really just let loose and just have fun. Yeah, it's basically like, okay, we got to worry about our safety right now, which you know is safety is good, 
we support safety here at Hot this week. We we support safety, but it's it's definitely taken away some time, especially from us youth, right? You know, I'm at the start of this pandemic. I was 18 years old, so like, you know, I was a youth. I just graduated high school. Like it was it was it was tough. It was tough, and and I'm I'm 20 now, but I I say all this and I bring this up because if I'm cooped up, the first big concert that is coming out that's coming out is Astroworld. I'm going to plan on going to that concert. You know, I want to let loose. Everyone else is going, right? All my friends are going and their friends are going. So I'm going to go to, this is the official return to a somewhat normal life post COVID. And I think too many people got excited about that. And that's, you know, that obviously did not, wasn't a very good thing. So that's a good point, Brandon. I think, you know, I think both of us are, we, we think we're going to see some changes in, as far as concerts go. What changes are they going to make? We don't know. I, I kind of have a theory that they're just going to be more like, if you have a ticket, you're getting in. If you don't have a ticket, you're not getting in. Like, point blank, period. Like, you're not getting in if you don't have a ticket. I think that's what they should do, and I hope that's what they do. Uh, but let us know what you guys think. You know, it's, you know, once again, our deepest condolences, but... Um, if concerts venues do change, what do they change? Go ahead and DM us that. What do you think? Okay. So real quick, let's get into some music. We haven't talked about music in forever. But boy, do we have some music to talk about. First, just want to get into Amine. Uh, Amine dropped an EP that I'm really digging. Um, and I posted about it on my story if you guys saw it. But it's called 2.5. So it's the in-between um of his next album because he released limbo in 2020 so he'll probably release something in 2022 but this is just a little mixtape um and he did this with excuse me had to sneeze he did this with 1.5 so there was the good for you his breakout record then you got 1.5 limbo and now 2.5 hopefully that all makes sense 2.5 2.5 is awesome. I love Colors. Sounds just like a Brockhampton song. I've said that. Colors is awesome. Neo's good. Okay With Me is good. Uh, Duddy Dum Dum is good. I love Twisted. I love it. And I love Charmander. Such a sweet track. Uh, Van Gogh is fun. Meant to Be is fun. Really, really, really good stuff from this 2.5 record. So if you haven't picked it up yet, it's only 27 minutes, guys. That's that's a walk to class. Not really. But that's a, a walk and back from class. So Give this new Amine record a listen. It, 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 it's bringing back the fall vibes. Some really good songs on here. Reminds me a lot of uh, Kyle, Super Duper Kyle, Brockhampton. Really good vibes. I'm getting great vibes from this Amine project. Um, and he, as you guys have probably heard, we also had some Travis Scott music the day before Asheville came out with Escape Plan and Mafia. Not a huge fan of Mafia. Uh, definitely a skippable track in my opinion. But uh, Escape, Escape Plan is fun. I think it's a fun track. Uh, it's a cool, cool song. Um, kind of just average Travis Scott song. So it's nothing like to freak out over, but you know, new Travis Scott music, music, which is big because you know, we're from Houston. So it's kind of what everyone's listening to. Then we had Silk Sonic, which is the combination of one of my favorite artists, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Um, they came together to make an album. Really good stuff. Really good. stuff. have you heard of any, any of Silk Sonic stuff? I so think far, I Brandon? have, um, there's that one song where it's like, what you doing? Where are you at? 
Oh, leave the door yeah. open. Yeah, leave the door open. Is that them? Yep, that's exactly okay. it. What are you doing? Okay, cool. So yeah. they released an album. So that was a single, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. And, and yes, yeah, we have the And it's uh, 31 minutes, nine songs. Really good stuff in here. It, I wouldn't say it's underwhelming. A lot of people were very excited for this. I, I don't think it's under... You know, not underwhelming, but it's not as uh, big as we thought it was going to be with the... Leave the Door Open, and Smoking Out the Window, the two singles they dropped prior, uh, which were really fun singles. Um, but regardless, like, really cool stuff. We had a lot of fun with... with um, oh, and Skate. They also released Skate. I knew that. I knew I was missing something. They also released uh, Skate as a single. R- really fun stuff here from Silk Sonic. I, it's cool because Bruno Mars was kind of like our childhood, and then Anderson Pack is like the new Bruno Mars, and we're adults now. So it's cool to see these two forces come together. Uh, and I'm liking what I'm hearing. So go ahead and check that out if you guys have. And my favorite song from the EP, uh, Skate's cool. I like Skate. Smoking Out the Window's cool. Uh, like those two tracks. So we also have what might be our biggest topic today because we know that the fans of this artist are very, very uh, bold, one would say. Taylor Swift, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor, Brandon, did you uh, end up listening to any of this new Taylor Swift Yes, I did. My girlfriend uh, is actually a very big fan. So, I mean, she tolerates me with Kanye of how much I like him. Mm-hmm. She listened to Donda with me. So in return, I listened to Red with her. And this time listening to Red because what she's doing here, y'all Swifties probably already know what's up. But for those who don't, so basically the rights back to her music, basically, mm-hmm. or her record label or she has her own record label now so she's re-releasing her stuff Mm -hmm. and and you might ask oh well how is she making money well what she's doing is she's uh like re-recording him first of all because her voice sounds the same but it's matured a lot and a lot of the swifty fans like that it's matured a lot and then along with that she's putting in songs that should have been in there so basically (laughs) It's a double deluxe version of like all her past albums. Like she did, forgot what the one she did before, uh, Redemption or something. I don't know. But Red is like one of the catalyst albums that really made Taylor Swift big as far as a pop star because she, she obviously started as a country music. Yeah. Song. But uh, yeah, that Red was one of the first albums that really set her way and. Swift fans were really excited about this and it lived up to the hype. I, there were a lot of songs in there that I really enjoyed. Of course, it's Taylor Swift, but there were the new ones that I listened to. Some of them were like ghostwriting songs, if that makes sense. Like she she writes a lot for other artists. Yeah, she, very, she writes all of her music, which is yeah. like, yeah. And she also writes for other artists and she sang some of the songs that she wrote for other artists, if oh. that makes sense. So yeah, there were a lot of songs where I was like, wait, I've heard this before. And then I would keep on being told, well, yeah, th- this person came out with it, but she was the original writer. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. But uh, did you get a chance to listen to it? Yeah, I listened to a few tracks here. I knew uh, I, I, so as I posted in the Instagram post, a good buddy of mine, Mason Rouser, he is in love with Taylor Swift. I would say that, you know, you guys know I love 
Tyler Creator, Brandon loves Kanye West, well Mason loves Taylor Swift. It's just kind of things that are are, are known here in our friend group. Um, and he's a huge fan, mega fan. So I kind of asked him for his opinion because yeah. who better to go to for an opinion about this, what's going on? And he gave me a lot, which is good. He gave me a lot of information. Um, he exactly what you just said, Brandon. There were some fights between her and the label, and so and- she finally re-signed. Uh, she got a new deal with Universal Music Group or UMG, uh, where now she completely owns everything. Um, and so now that she owns everything, she owns every album she's made after Reputation, the album Reputation, and uh, every re-record is known as Taylor's version. So this is Red Taylor's version. Um, so we asked Mason. I was like, Mason, why is this important? Um, and he said it's it's really important because she's mature, like you were saying, Brandon. It's pretty cool. Um, and she also feels like artists are not valued as high as they should. Um, mm-hmm. Like she, Taylor, her discography was not on Spotify for a little bit of time. Uh, whenever Spotify was getting pretty big, um, because she felt like artists weren't getting paid fairly, you know. And this is all coming from from Mason here. So he gave me kind of a little bit of background on that, um, as well as like what you said between the record label. So I was like, okay, so like, what is your personal opinion as a Taylor Swift mega fan, right? What do you think? And I love how he said, uh, this is his quote. He said, hearing Taylor's thirty-year-old, you know, grown-in voice sing over words she wrote when she was 21 and knowing how everything turned out in the end is honestly really special. Mm-hmm. And kind of the takeaway from what's going on right now. Um, because think, I mean, you know, like I, like I said earlier, I'm 20. If I was like, were to think of what I was doing at 10 years old and what I thought it was going to be like, some things have changed. Some, or excuse me, some things haven't changed. Right. Like I knew I want, I wanted to work in media and I wanted to work, you know, with celebrities and work and work in, in, a, in an industry, a pop culture industry. But like, I'd, I also wanted to be in the NBA and I wanted to, uh, you know, go to this college and I wanted to live in this state. So it's like, you're just not the person you were 10 years ago. And so 11 years or excuse me, nine years later, you know, Taylor's had a lot of growth as we've seen. Mm-hmm. So we're like that. And, and Taylor really. She's catered to the fans here because they, Taylor gets to relive her albums and she's bringing the fans along with them. Um, and then I asked Mason, you know, which ones were his favorite? He says he likes Fearless, Taylor's version, and then the newly read Taylor's version because um, he does not, he hasn't revisited those albums too much um, when they were first released. But Fearless is a big album to Taylor. It means a lot to her. Um and Red is just an overall good album. It wasn't always Mason's favorite, but he's grown to love it. And then with this newly recorded version, you know, he's he's grown to love it even more. So kind of a little bit of background. Taylor Swift dropped. Those are our thoughts. Those are the thoughts of another super fan. You know, just kind of running through it. You guys probably know this, but if not, there are updates for you. That's what we do here on all this week. So all too well. <laughs> That's the track everyone's talking about. This track hits me personally because Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors, and apparently it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, it's 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 up in the air, but it's pretty confirmed it's about him. Um, so I asked him, what, "What are your thoughts on the short film? What do you think about the All Too Well music video?" Um, he loves it. You know, who doesn't? He loves how it was shot on thirty-five millimeter film. 
uh, because it gives you a memory, memory-like quality, and I think that is an incredible quote. Uh, Mason, as well as he loves Sadie Sink's acting, because there were shots where Dylan O'Brien was talking, but Sadie Sink, it was on her face, and you could just see her emotions. He loved that, and I, and I love that as well. And anyone who's seen the music, I'm sure you would agree with that. Um, yep. You know, it just it makes sense uh, that she would come out with this song and this video. Um, at this point in her life is what he was saying. Um, and although it's a short film, it's more it's more of a music video. It's more of a music video, but it's, you know, definitely trending on YouTube. Everyone watched it. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. So those, those are kind of Mason's thoughts as well as mine mixed in. Thank you, Mason, for sending that in. That was a lot of information. And I'm glad that I have a friend who is a, who is a super fan of Taylor Swift to kind of explain this to a higher degree. All too well, I watched it. Me from a you know film major film person's perspective, um, it it was just a music video. You know I don't think we can call Taylor Swift a director yet, but you know if she wanted to dabble in directing, I would be all for it. You know I think this is a good little resume. Hey, I, I would like to tip my hat to the uh, directing world. I, I think it'd be fun. So good song, cool music video. I like Dylan Dylan O'Brien a lot. Sadie Sink is a fellow Houstonian. Um, I have no problems with it. I, I don't think it's uh, like cinema, you would say. It's kind of more of a music video. But it was cool. So, anyway, little Taylor Swift rundown for you guys. Um, some more information on Taylor Swift if you didn't already know that stuff. As well as thoughts from a super fan and from Brandon and I. So, there you go. Good stuff. And uh, I'm really digging, really digging the topics for today. Well, Guys, that it's going to be a shorter episode. Well, hold on, we got our we got our Spider Man No Way Home to talk about too. Yes, thank you. So, uh, it, exactly what Brandon said. It's going to be a shorter episode, uh, or what I was saying. It was going to be a shorter episode, but as Brandon informed me, and thank you again, um, we're not done yet. We have one more thing to get to, and in. I don't think it'll be a crazy short episode, but this is if there if this episode's long, this is why, right? <laughs> so once again, like with the Asherwell topic, I'm going to switch back over to you, Brandon, because you're more of a Marvel fan than me. You know, I'm a cinema guy, but you're a Marvel fan, and yep, you've yep. probably watched this trailer, you know, so many times over before this. So go ahead and hit us with your thoughts on the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Well, first of all, I'm not even going to give a spoiler warning. I, I've looked at the view count. I think it's at 10 million right now. And it hasn't Jeez. even been six hours. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So, all of y'all have seen it. So, don't even get mad. <laughs> Let's dive into it. Like, Well, you can't spoil it. Trey. Yeah. No. This is not a video podcast. So, I can't go frame by frame with y'all. But... Uh, I'm going to talk about key points that really got me excited. So, of course, all the excitement is, is Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield going to be in the films? I really think so now. And here's why. No, they are not in these trailers. Mm -hmm. And this is this is my logic as to why they are <laughs> actually in the film. First of all... Um, if you're Marvel and Sony, why would you at the end of the day, Marvel is trying to be 
Marvel and Sony. Sorry, I keep on forgetting to say Marvel and Sony. They're trying to be the Christ figure in a way to be the the people that bring people back to theaters, if that makes sense. Yes, we're seeing a few yeah. people back coming back to theaters just a little bit. It's trickling. It's getting back to normal. Well, they I, want, I would they, say more than a few when it comes to Marvel, looking at Shang-Chi, yeah. Venom, and Eternals. Like they, they're bringing people back to the theater. Yeah. Marvel. Specifically. But they but they want this to be the bomb. Yeah. To bring they want this to be the type of movie where people are gonna want to go back and see it several times. Kinda like if it, uh, I'll admit I I went and saw Infinity War three or four times. And I have friends that did that as well. So that gets their revenue up and that just helps them out. I want Spider Man No Way Home to be exactly the same thing. And I think the only way you do that is if you put those guys in that film. Yeah. They probably talked to Toby and Andrew and were like, hey, I know our grievances in the past. Toby, do Spider-Man 4. Andrew, we didn't do the Amazing Spider-Man 3. But hey, this is our chance to right these wrongs and y'all can be a part of history to bring movies back. Mm-hmm. To truly bring them back, if that makes sense. So, they... they I mean, they're actors. They're two, two of the greatest actors ever. That I wouldn't, in my eyes, I think they're pretty iconic actors. Not just because of their Spider-Man roles, but they wanted to bring it back because that's what's going to get people to come in. Because people are going to say, "Yeah, and it, you have to go see it," you know. So yeah. that's that's um, reason what that's reason number one why I think they're in the movie. Now let's. The next reasons have to do with the trailer. So if you're watching the trailer, uh, it's shortly after the bridge scene when Dr. Octavius comes up. He's chasing Peter and he stubs him to a wall. And then Peter, before Doc Ock does something terrible to him, he, he takes off his mask. And then Doc Ock looks at him and goes, you're not Peter Parker. So first of all, we get we're, we have the, the very villain that was in Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. And he confirms the existence of another Peter Parker on screen. So you, can, you cannot tell me they're just going to lightly talk about it and just like brush it off like it didn't happen in the film. Mm-hmm. He, he is definitely in. And then the next shot that y'all probably saw on my Instagram, like you could see, like go to my story. Y'all this is this is my favorite right here. I like this. This is the big debate of the night. Yeah. And, and I think, Tommy, you can agree with me. I think. Did, have you seen my story? Have you seen the picture? Well, that I, I just saw like everyone reposting about the li- how. Dr. Connors, yeah, was turned around. Is his name just Lizard? Yeah, Lizard. So, like, he, he's like, so the frame is, it's a beautiful shot. Like, I know it's all CGI, but, dude, it is a pretty epic shot. It's at night. It looks pretty crazy. So, Spider-Man's jumping towards Sandman that was in the Spider-Man, the same Sam Raimi series, the series, and then and Electro, who has a little bit of a makeover, but was in Mark Webb's 
Sp- Amazing Spider-Man along with Dr. Connor slash Lizard. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the shot, like if you look at Lizard specifically, he's jumping towards something. And it's not it's not the Peter Parker that we see on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's just air. It's just nothing. And we have seen Marvel and Sony do this. Mess with the CGI and put something in the film or put something in the trailer that's not accurate to the film. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a perfect example because what what is he jumping at? Like he his like the way he's jumping, it looks like he's starting to fall in that shot. So that means he's gotten to his maximum height to get to wherever he's trying to get. I know it sounds like I'm reading too much into this, but this is what Marvel does. This, I mean, this is what's so beautiful. And I know Tommy, you criticize like I wouldn't say criticize, but like you're you're not the biggest fan of superhero movies. But this is what is so beautiful about the Marvel franchise is that like every little shot, every little detail like this goes up for speculation and oh, is this confirmed and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And people make money off of this, you know, like all these big uh, YouTube channels like Supes, the guy that's on TikTok that always talks about Spider-Man No Way Home, and then New Rock Stars. You know, all these people who make money off of breaking town shot by shot. And that's what's so cool about Marvel. And um, at the end of the day, I, I thought I would have been disappointed if uh, Toby and <laughs> Andrew are not in the film. Now I'm at the point that I really wouldn't mind if they're not, because I think this is going to be a visually, visually stunning movie. And uh, I mean, if you look at Doc Ock, Tommy, the Alfred Molina, I think that's his that's his name, the actor's yeah. name. Yeah, like the CGI, not the CGI, the de aging they did on him, dude. Like it's it's to the point now, like where, oh my gosh, they can do any, they can de age anybody these days. Yeah, he's crazy. He does look really good. So I'm going to I'm gonna jump in here because you said you really don't care if Andrew and Toby are in the film yeah. now because you know this. I disagree. I think that you have to put them in the movie yeah. now. Oh, like, no, after, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm, like, more, I'm more so saying – sorry to talk over you. Uh, I'm more so saying that like I think the film by itself will be great, but because of the circumstance that we're in, and because of the fan base that kind of forced this to happen, which mm-hmm. is why I think the trailer and everything was delayed. I think they were adding in Toby and Andrew. I think that's what was happening. So I think they're in. And I yes, it'll be a little bit of a disappointment if they're not. But without them, without them, I still think the film can be great. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I think it'll. I, I I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be sitting in that theater. And every second that Andrew and Toby are not confirmed to be in the film, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to be not disappointed, but I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. Are they? Are they going to be here? Are they not? Um, and and you did mention that I don't like Marvel films, and that is true. I don't like Marvel films, but I can get behind Spider Man because you know everyone loves Spider Man. Even the the biggest of Marvel haters, you gotta love Spider Man. He's just so much fun because he's so relatable. We've all been, you know, teenagers and high schoolers before, and it's just awkward, and you're just. You know, trying to find yourself and all this, all that bull crap. Like, we've all gone through that, so we can relate to Peter. Um, more importantly, Spider-Man is kind of aware that it's silly. Like, there's a man 
who is a spider. He shoots webs, and he fights giant lizards and sand people, like sand monsters. So they kind of know that it's silly, but they do a good job of like being self-aware about it. Like, okay, this is silly, but let's just commit to the silliness. And I can, I can really respect that. So, um, my thoughts on the trailer guys before we wrap up here, I, I loved it. It got me way more excited for the film. Originally I was just like, okay, this could be a flop, uh, not box office wise, obviously, but film wise, because that's my biggest critique with Marvel films. I don't think they're actual films, but this could be an actual film. So I'm really excited. Um, I, you know, I'm really banking on Andrew and Toby being in the movie, but I'm, 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 I'm excited regardless. I'm going to be there on opening night, on opening weekend. It's in a month from now. It's in a month from now. So, you know, I'll, we'll see you then. But goodness, like, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I've never been – I haven't been more pumped for a film in a long time. Licorice Pizza I'm really pumped for, but Spider-Man, dude, it's just going to be something different. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> – I, I'm I'm really going to pay attention to you and I always do pay attention to your critiques, but I'm really going to pay attention on this one because if everything that we're speculating comes true, Oh my gosh, this movie is just going to have, Dude, it's so, going to, it's, it's going to break jam-packed. the world. Yeah. It's going to be, if, if, if oh, dude, I can't even fathom. Oh my if, gosh. If, if, if the, the director of this movie, uh, what's his name again? Do you, John Watts? I think that's his name. If he can pull this off and like have all these characters in here while also telling a good story in your eyes as somebody who's a film critic, oh my gosh, this might be this might top Endgame. It might. Like maybe not box office wise, but as as far as storytelling and true cinematography, as you say. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um it's going to be one of the better Marvel films for sure. I think it'll top Endgame as well. But uh, we're at we're at the forty six minute mark, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here, so that way we don't go on too long. Because I do, I do want to make tonight as well as our sports opening. I want to make those kind of just short to the point because we haven't been we haven't been back in a while. So we kind of just want to give you guys boom, 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 information after information after information, get you excited for season three, and then, you know, kind of smooth things out and uh, not rush things, of course, because that's another thing that we were talking about. There's no time limit here on uh, our episodes in season three and, and, and going forward. But just for the first episode, I didn't want to kind of keep things just short and precise because I know a lot of people are excited for this and I want to respect their time. So um, I'm going to go ahead and cut it here. Uh, a lot of big things coming out. As you guys know, I've like I've said, in next Tuesday's episode, we will be covering – House of Gucci, King Richard, Ghostbusters, hopefully passing as well. Hopefully I can get to that. Um, we're going to be covering those films. So a lot of films to get to, a lot of film reviewing. Um, but, and you know, on Thursday, and on Thursday, we're going to just be going over some college basketball. First week is already behind us. Set week two is already well on its way. We're just going to talk about uh, just the things to look forward to this year. Because, man, our, one of our favorite sports is back. And yeah. we're glad to have it back. And then, as always, we're going to have our – uh, five games of the weekend, and or, well, we'll call it a weekend for hot this week, like f- games from Friday to Tuesday, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're very excited to get our first installment of the sports section out for hot this week. But mm-hmm. this has been a great episode. Uh, we hope y'all love the format. And Tommy, as always, you killed it. Appreciate that, Brando. Yeah, this is uh, I'm very excited for season three. It's 
where you know there have been a few not filler episodes but a few slower episodes and uh seasons one and two but i think every single episode season three is just going to be nothing but uh import of great importance starting with this episode a lot of big things to get to so if you guys like the topic that we cover and you want us to cover it more please dm us let us know but i just want to give you guys those quick topics um that way we could all catch up together because we're all in this together so without further ado my name is thomas hicks and i'm brandon matula matula we will see you guys in a couple days bye bye